chapter 30 my father my monster towards the end of my second year miss davis summoned me to the office one day i just got a call from the sapc she smiled the one you for an interview i had written to the south african broadcasting corporation applying for a holiday work at the end of the year a few days later after the interview i got a call i had my holiday job i paced around in a state of ecstasy for years i had wanted to be a radio journalist i had convinced myself that i was born to it now i was close to realizing my dream i spent the first day working with one of the experienced journalists that afternoon he took me into the studio and introduced me to his colleagues who were in the midst of a current affairs show at Ukosi FM. The news presenter glanced up, shook my hand and asked me to sit opposite him and put on the headphones. Instantly I realized I was about to go live on radio. I was so nervous that the microphone in front of me seemed like a boulder. So the young boy is now working in radio. He goes on further to say, I took his invitation very seriously. Within days, I had become a co-presenter on his show. It took me no time to learn to read current affairs scripts live in the studio without any problem. I also went out on stories and reported for different CBC radio stations. It was such an exciting time. Sometimes I looked in the mirror and reminded myself that I wasn't dreaming. This was real. I had achieved my goal. But at the same time, I was worried. It seemed such a privilege to be talking to millions of people every day. Part of me didn't feel worthy of such a privilege. So the young boy is now in station, talking to millions and millions of people, and he says, I was worried. Part of me didn't feel worthy of such a privilege. And to some extent, I can relate to this. In one of her writings, Marianne Williamson says, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful beyond measures. And in part of the poem, she reports to us to say, Sometimes it's our greatness that most frightens us. I remember a time when I was called by someone to come and give a presentation. He had a youth empowerment program, and he asked for my presence to come and share some of my knowledge in regard to youth empowerment, be it business or whatever I was doing at that given moment in my career. At felt I felt honored, but going to the presentation, I began to question, why would someone like me give a presentation to these young people? I don't have anything worthy to show for my, for my toil. I don't have anything that they can see that he is indeed the right person to give this empowerment talk. And so part of the struggle as humans is that sometimes we don't feel worthy to be in certain spaces. We begin to question our abilities to say, but if I'm such a person from such a place, from such a background, how can I even begin to be in this place? How can I even begin to compete with people in this space?
because sometimes we are not fully aware that within us there's much more power than we can even begin to can to comprehend or contemplate so part of the struggle when we get ahead is self-doubt most of us doubt ourselves as we begin to ascend the ladder of success and it's perfectly normal he goes on to say part of me didn't feel worthy of such a privilege my upbringing had taught me not to be such excited such success i didn't feel i deserved it i kept thinking i'd gone too high too fast i was scared i'd come down crashing and my life stream would be snatched away but then luckily this was a two month internship and before he knew it he was back to campus back for registration for the following year registration commences and he here just as an attendance class graduation day came i had a black gown put on my jeans and plaid shirt and joined the happy face in the hall i could hear auntie swangile cheering when my turn came to receive my certificate but despite the effort i'd put in to obtain my diploma i had little to celebrate i had too many problems to care about wearing a silly gown I was proud of what I achieved but I felt no joy. I even bothered to collect graduation pictures so I have no record of that day other than my memories. So now he is worried about what the future holds for him. He has been through university, spent 3 years there, and now he begins to wonder what is life after university. And that question is one he has no answer to. So hence he's not very happy for his graduation. He's partly happy, happy that he has gotten what he came for, but then worried about what the future holds. Is he going to secure a job, an internship? Who knows. Then almost a year later, I got a lucky break when P4 Radio, a private owned company, gave me an opportunity. It was the break I had always dreamed of. But by then my self-confidence had been badly eroded. I was racked with uncertainty about my worthiness. But finally, he gets his lucky break and secures a job at one of the private owned companies. And everything seems to be going well for over a period of 2 years. And after that he says he begins to get bored by his career and he wants something different. And one random day he picks up a call He picks up a phone and makes a call to ETV and says to them I need a job I need to work for you. A few days later he receives an email from one of the leaders of ETV to say come in. And when he gets there he thinks he's going there for an interview but when he gets there the guy says to him you see that pile of files there it's a pile of CVs I am not going to hire any of them I want you to work here. because I've seen you on several occasions doing your work and I was impressed. I'm not sure why it never occurred to my mind to to give you a job back then, but then yes, you are hired. Now his confidence has hit the roof. Watching myself reporting on the evening bulletin on television was one of my proudest moments in my life.
he goes on to say. And now due to his frequent time on TV, he becomes some sort of celebrity. When he walks around, people want to shake his hand. When he attends events, people want to talk with him because they've seen him on TV. And he, he takes time to get used to this new fame of his. And with his new fame, stories begin to, to come up about him, his accent, who is he in such things. Because now he's a public figure. And he wins the Budacom Regional Journalist of the Year for his television work. But now he's troubled because he's now reporting on news and part of it involves reporting about accidents, dead people and such stories. And seeing dead people is one of the problems that he is faced with. He goes on to say, reporting on such incidents taught me the ugly reality of death. When we view our loved ones we have passed on, they usually look dignified, as if in a deep sleep. But now I witnessed the grim reality before the undertakers have created that look of peace. I was often reminded of my mother. I wondered how she had been found and what had gone through the minds of those who found her. Did it affect them? I had no answers. I knew so little about what actually happened. Despite the grisly side, I loved my job. In between stories, I completed a degree in journalism and won a second Vodacom Regional Award for my work. So as the young man begins to report cases of murder, accident, and blah, 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 he goes on to say, I wonder how she had been found and what had gone through the minds of those who found her. Now he's speaking about the mother and how she died. She wonders if it affected the people who went to fetch her. He had no answer. He had no answers. He knew so little about what actually happened. My father, my monster. <laughs>